from the Newswires, powered by Kangaroo Fern Media Lab. You could now spend a year in an Indonesian jail if you're caught having sex outside of marriage. It's part of a new criminal code approved by Hi, Parliament on Tuesday. Hi, this is Nico Santos and welcome from the Newswires. And uh, for today's episode, we're talking about the recently passed a criminal law in Indonesia banning cohabitation between unmarried couples. Well, our expert for today is Professor Colin Brown. So he is the professor of Griffin University and have worked at numbers of universities in Australia and Indonesia since 1974. And he is the professor of Department of International Relations at uh, Bandung, Indonesia. Please welcome to the show, Professor Colin Brown. How are you, Professor? Thank you, Nico. I'm fine. Yourself? So this is very controversial law that passed today or in, in Indonesia. Can you tell me around the, the background of this law? A lot, as of now, a lot of different organizations are protesting about this. Yes, well, what Indonesia, until now, there's a whole set of laws in Indonesia, civil laws, uh, which have been carried over from the Dutch administration. It may seem curious, but it, it's, it's now, what, uh, uh, 80-odd years since Indonesia became independent in 1945, but much of uh, the legislation is still the same as what the Dutch had introduced in the 30s and 20s and so on. So the idea was to get a new set of laws in which would repatriate legislation in a whole wide range of areas, make it Indonesian, get rid of this last remaining element of um, of Dutch colonialism, if you like, in Indonesia. And there's been attempts to do this for a long time now. Uh, and uh, finally today, or was it yesterday? Uh, today, I think, um, the parliament finally approved a bill uh, which would indeed uh, replace the, the old... Uh, Dutch criminal code with an Indonesian one. So that's what they've been doing. Uh, and it's highlighted a number of areas where, um, in some cases, the law was already there, but I think most Indonesians might have been unaware of it. Uh, and it's changed others. But as I say, the, the basic aim of the exercise is to um, replace Dutch law with Indonesian law. Okay. So this new law is also applied to Indonesian and foreigners alike. So what's going to be, because uh, the new the new code will impose a penalty after 12 months jail for sex outside the marriage. What's going to be an effect this on international relations? Well, I mean, uh, of course it affects uh, foreigners in Indonesia. Any law in Indonesia affects everyone who's in Indonesia, same as any Australian law affects anybody who's in Australia. Um it does have a provision which wasn't in the uh, previous legislation against um, sexual relations outside marriage. So let me slightly rephrase that. The old legislation did have a prohibition on adultery, that is relationships uh, outside marriage of people who are married, but it extends it now to uh, sex between people who are unmarried and have no other marital connections. Um, yes, that... Uh, is uh, something which foreigners will be subject to as much as Indonesians. The one um, redeeming factor is, though, that 
you have to be reported to the authorities by someone as being uh, as being com- as as committing these offences. And in the case of someone alleged to have be having sex outside marriage, that's effectively defined as either your parents or your children, which is a very curious, well, maybe to us, a very curious way of restricting it. Whether in fact that will be followed, I don't know. But but the legislation does restrict the people who can report such uh, activity to the police. Um, I don't say that in defence of the legislation because I think, quite frankly, its legislation in Indonesia could well do without. But I think in most cases, most foreigners are not going to be caught in that way. Okay, yeah. So aside from this um, this new law, it also apply includes penalty for criticizing the president or government minister or institution. So some human rights organization that is like uh, freedom of speech was not there. Um, and I would agree with them. Uh, again, insulting the president has always been an offense, or it has been since Indonesia has been around. Uh, it's actually slightly tougher. Oh, sorry. Um The, the, the news legislation makes it tougher to prosecute someone on that now because uh, the case must be brought by the president, him or herself. But no, look, I would agree. I, I think it, it ought not to be the case uh, that merely insulting uh, an office holder should bring you into contact with the criminal law. Um, but as I say, that's the way the law has been framed for a long while. Uh, what we're seeing now is people becoming more aware of the fact that that's the law, but it's not of itself a new development. But but I certainly agree. There's been a, a lot of debate about this in Indonesia, and a lot of people are, in my view, quite rightly, uh, arguing that this is a limitation on the freedom of speech uh, and should not be used uh, to to protect any government official from legitimate criticism. So, Professor Colin, what is the danger of these oppressive laws? Well, you've given the answer in a sense in the way you've worded the question. Um, the danger is that these laws are used oppressively. Um, the government argues, uh, believe us, we're not going to use them oppressively. Governments always say that. Australian governments say that. Indonesian governments say that. Uh, the danger is, though, that either the government deliberately or some of its um, officers Uh, uses the flexibility in these laws to oppress people, to take away rights which are probably uh, not liable to prosecution. I mean, for instance, there's a law that says, uh, part of this law says you um, must not take part in a demonstration uh, which has not been previously advised to authorities. It says that uh, you are protected from uh, uh, being prosecuted for insulting the president If you do that in a uh, legal demonstration, there are all sorts of ways in which these kinds of regulations could be misused or, or used oppressively by state apparatus. And I think that's what people are concerned about. It's not just the the law. The law itself has got quite a bit of flexibility in it. It's the way in which the law may be interpreted or applied by uh, state apparatus uh, in the future. That's what I think people are worried about as much as what's in the law itself. So it's both the law and the way the law might be interpreted and uh, and and applied, which I think has got a lot of people quite concerned. So, do you think? Do you agree with the opposite, uh, the opponent of the bill, saying it represents a huge setback to the retention of democratic freedom, 
won after the fall of authoritarian leader Soeharto in 1998? Personally, as, as a non-Indonesian, I would say I think it's a regrettable step, a regrettable move, because I think it does limit at least the spirit of many of the freedoms which Indonesians had won following the uh, overthrow of the Soeharto regime. I would say again that quite a lot of this legislation was in fact already in place. So it's not a matter of bringing something new. It's a matter of changing the language of the old one. But there are some new elements to it, as I said, uh, sex uh, outside marriage. Um, so yes, I think this is a regrettable move. Whether it's the biggest threat to Indonesian democracy since 1998, well, that's a matter of judgment. But I think it's a significant one. And I think it's one which is completely unnecessary. In other words, I don't think that the uh, the state of Indonesian politics or state of Indonesian society is improved by this legislation. And the danger is that it can be uh, used, as we've been talking about already, repressively against uh, people merely exercising what, in other words, in, in other senses would have been regarded as uh, ordinary freedoms to uh, to act, to speak, uh, free of um, threat of law, free of the threat of uh, punishment. Thank you for that, uh, Professor Colin. So ne next question I have is some hotel owner in Bali or Metropolitan Jakarta are saying because of this law now, it's risking losing some visitors. Do you agree with that? Well, they're, they're certainly saying that and time will tell whether whether this happens or not. I mean, I don't... A lot will depend on how the law is enforced. The law doesn't actually come into effect for another three years. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what evolves over that time. There's a lot of people in Indonesia, sorry, there are a number of people in Indonesia talking about taking parts of this legislation to the constitutional court and seeking them to be declared unconstitutional. Uh, I would think that the likelihood that this law is going to have a significant impact on foreign tourism is probably not very great. But uh, at a time when Indonesia is fighting to try to restore its uh, foreign tourist numbers, anything which threatens those those numbers is going to be seen as is unfortunate to say the least. So I, while I think the threat may not be quite as big as they suggest, I would certainly have sympathy with with any hotel owners in Indonesia who are saying nothing that happens. Sorry, sorry, can I say that again? I'd certainly sympathize with any hotel in, in, owner in Indonesia who says they don't want to see anything which threatens the revival of uh, foreign tourism uh, in, in, into Indonesia because it's their livelihood and the livelihood of many other Indonesians being threatened. Thank you so much, Dr. Colin. Uh, Professor, thank you so much, uh, Professor Colin Brown, for your insight on, about this law that was passed today. Thank you. Thanks, Mika. Thank you so much. This is another episode from the Newswires at redwires.au. Thank you.